Chapter 24 A Cold Sight No one had seemed comfortable with the idea of relocating the camp to the unexplored island, but Cam, Daniel, and Tim had agreed that staying in the meadow was the worst option. At least the island might be safe, whereas the meadow definitely has some unfriendly occupants. As the group had packed up, Daniel had extracted a few small stones from the fire, which glowed red. They work like flares when you scrape them, Daniel had explained. And you can put them in the fire to recharge them. Yeah, I saw flashes from your camp when I was up north. Were you using them? Yeah, we were testing them. Jesus, how far away were you? I can show you when it's light. We were really lucky then. I don't know if I would have seen you without those flashes. After a boat ride and a quick survey of their corner of the jungle island, Cam had told Daniel and Tim about everything he'd done since he woke up. As it turned out, Cam and Tim had just missed each other at the barn. As for how Tim had ended up this far south... Yeah, that's uh, gonna take some explanation. Cam stares at Tim intently, trying to read his face in the darkness. I woke up on the grass in front of the barn. As soon as Wait. I... Do you remember what you were doing before you woke up? No. Okay, keep going. As soon as I woke up, I smelled something horrible. There were a bunch of cow corpses nearby. When I got close, they blew up and these organ piles climbed out. The thing's covered in ooze. Yeah, they chased me into the barn. I found a pitchfork and thought about fighting them, but uh, yeah, no. I locked the fucking door. Was there a horse in that barn? Kind of. I walked into a kind of antechamber, so I couldn't see the main room right away. An antechamber in a barn? Cam wonders silently. The antechamber had a metal trapdoor on its ceiling. In the main room, there was, well, two horse corpses in the corner. Shit. Two of them. But also a folding ladder that had been tipped over with a note on it. And a pouch, the drain. Oh, and an open door leading to the outside. The organ piles never found that, praise fucking Jesus. What did the note say? I'm trying to remember. The guy who wrote it went through the trap door, and he was telling someone else to meet him on this island. He mentioned the boat. Wait, could they be here? <laughs> he died. Daniel chimes in. I woke up near his body. Seems like the other one probably died too, no? Cam remembers the backpack, the ooze path leading into the river, the abandoned boat. Death seems like the likely end for whoever had been chased from the barn by the horse. The note also said to try the drain and to keep the cut small. And based on that, you bit off your thumb. Look, if you've had a perfectly normal day, I'm not even going to bother trying to explain this. When something you can't see fucks with your head so hard you end up on the ground fucking crawling, then we can talk. You probably felt it too, Daniel says to Cam. I did. Cam reflects on his blackout in the forest. The dimness and paralysis that preceded it. Terrifying, but also far away. Yeah, I guess, he says. Anyway, Tim continues, The drain was fed and happy and wasn't trying to eat me anymore when I woke up. I used the ladder to get to the trap door, climbed into a dark room, and then the whole thing flipped and I fell into Dan's tunnel. Tim waves to the south, and Cam remembers the cave entrance he saw in the mountains. He can't see it now in the night, but he knows it's miles away. I don't follow, says Cam. It's a portal, Daniel replies. You punch in a code using these magnetic shapes, and it brings you to a trap door somewhere else. All we have are circles. The only combination we know works is square, square, triangle. Square, square, triangle. Cam repeats. Now I get it. Whoever had my backpack was testing combinations. There's a scratch pad of them in there. 
We don't actually know if the combination corresponds to the entry door or exit door. The last time I was fucking with it, I only had two circles. We were also about to die horribly. Tim waves to Daniel, passing the story to him. Right. So I woke up in that cave and stumbled around in the dark killing giant beetles. A few minutes after Tim shows up, the fire beetle comes running at us. I held it off while Tim checked for other exits. And then eventually... Hey. Eventually, he came back and threw his pitchfork at the beetle. We went under it and ran to the exit. And then you almost bled out. Yep, says Daniel. Glad I know how to make bandages. Have you guys found food? Kem asks. A can of something in Dan's backpack. Meat. Hopefully. Needless to say, we cooked it a lot. I have a couple of tentacles we can roast and eat when it's light. Here, take this, too. Cam hands his second bladed tentacle to Tim. Not as good as a pitchfork, but better than nothing. Thanks, says Tim, taking the dead monster's knife. He eyes it warily. This really doesn't make me feel any better about sleeping near the water. Me neither, says Daniel, who is now lying on the ground with his eyes closed. But I'm passing out, whether I like it or not. Fuck. Okay. Tim sighs. I'll take first watch. Wake me up a little later, I'll switch with you. Listen, we should keep checking Dan's breathing. I'm fine. Plus, what are you even going to do if I start dying? Are you a doctor? No. Then if I die, I'll die. Good night. Cam flops down on a soft patch of jungle floor, not wanting to say anything else. If he had any energy left, his head would be aflame with details and theories, a multi-dimensional, multi-subject picture of who was where and when. Daniel, Tim, the ooze monsters, the horses, and those two doomed travelers with the backpacks. But in Cam's depleted body and mind, all of this simply settles, sediment at the bottom of a river, layered but lifeless. In seconds, Cam submerges into a dreamless sleep.